You're about to listen to Dinner with Bands, a joint production between KCSU and the Music District in Fort Collins, Colorado. This is an artist collaborative that features musicians as they share a meal and discuss how pertinent issues in today's society affect their careers. This episode features Joanna Brown, Cassie Cohen, and Liz Gaylor. This episode was hosted by me, Mimi Hibben, and the theme of today's episode is women in music. Come on, ladies, let's get inflammation. <laughs> like, we are go. making things change. I'm Mimi. I am the music director at KCSU on campus at CSU. I don't play any instruments. I don't sing, but I like to think I was blessed with the love for music and others playing it that I wanted to do it for the rest of my life and be involved in the industry. So in a sense, I like to think that I am a woman in music. So that is why I'm here with you lovely other ladies in music today. My name is Johanna Mm -hmm. Brown. I've been a musician for my whole life and part of music specifically music theater and since then I kind of morphed into getting a degree in music history and actually um, starting to perform in front of people and since then I've developed my own business developing music programming for seniors in nursing homes and senior facilities any kind of institution where there's senior care and senior living going on and I go and I play music there and then I also sort of develop a one-on-one relationship with a lot of people in terms of them getting access to music and seeing live music or being able to hear the music that they want to and that they once did, as well as access to new music when they want that. So that's been my work now for the past uh, year and a half and pretty widespread now, kind of the whole front range in Colorado and still growing. Cool. Awesome. What instruments do you play? Um, Like, what do you perform? When I go, I I play guitar and I sing. I do a lot of classic country, Johnny Cash and Patsy Cline, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. So it's so fun. Uh, My name is Cassie, Mm -hmm. and I am the venue and transportation operations manager at the Mishawaka Amphitheater. And it's like a thousand seat venue in the Poudre Canyon, for those who don't know. And uh, we do all sorts of shows, everything from jam band to indie rock to hip hop to metal. To, you know, we've really diversified the lineup this season, so that's been really cool. And I got a gig touring um, with a couple of bands, and I did like a world tour, and I got to do a lot. I did across the United States like 27 times in like one year in a bus. <laughs> like it was crazy. And so I used to do a lot of crew awesome. and road stuff. So my name is Liz Gaylor. Um, I started playing piano when I was really little and then viola like classically through school just over the last six seven years started playing with a local band um, electric violin and have done a lot of touring with them um, with Wasteland Hop and then I'm also in two other local projects one is a five piece so the Wasteland Hop we don't really have a very good way to describe our genre Um, rock folk hip-hop is sort of the group like the way that people have described us. And then also I play in a like relatively new five piece called Mirrorfield. It's like psychedelia folk rock. It's awesome. And then um, and then also in a duo project, a violin and guitar, singer-songwriter type of project. Um, I own my own business also as an herbalist. So that's another that's like awesome. funny. Oh, that's like, so cool. Uh, Cassie organized a Craft Makers Market up yeah. at the Mishawaka last Oh, cool. Last, that was really fun. Awesome. And Liz, Liz was a vendor. Because there's so many people in town who supplement their musician income with the art they create. And I was right. like, why don't we find all these people in town that 
do that yeah. and make it like a music centered craft market. So I have a question. Have you ever played an instrument? Essentially? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What instruments do you play? I play guitar and piano. Okay. Yeah. So are you in a band? I was when I li- first lived in Fort Collins before I moved to Denver. Um, I was in a band called Hot Magic. We were like a dance rock band. Uh, we played for a while and then we broke up and it was kind of rough. So I kind of wanted to stay behind the scenes and didn't want to write music for a okay. while. So that's kind of a transition from being a musician to like weaseling my way into the industry somehow. Yeah. And how do you like that transition? Like how have you liked it? I like it a lot. Like being a professional musician is, in, is really hard. I, I decided that it, I didn't want to make it a career for me because I was too, I was too worried that I would start resenting it and okay. I would stop playing altogether. Okay. And so that's why I was like, you know what? I'm just going to work in music still. Cause I knew I wanted to be in music. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I saw a lot of the stuff that was bad for the artists. People are just doing it wrong at venues. Mm-hmm. I think people are just want the money and they want the recognition for all the shows they put on and they're packing people in. The hospitality is horrible for the bands. You know, people just treat everybody like crap. And I was like, you know what? If I work in the live music side venues, like I really want to change that. Like put more hospitality into the experience for the guests and the artists. Yes. Okay. Um, do you guys have similar experience? With what Pazzi was kind of talking about. Yeah, it's almost like I didn't even know that we could be treated well. You're like, we just need a show and you're trying to get to the next town on on time and, you know, traffic and it's an eight hour drive. Like there, usually there's not even the same person who you're communicating with who like greets you or you just show up and like hope that everything works. But another thing, like just talking about the number of women involved, I remember it was like somewhere in Iowa, the first time I ever saw a female sound tech. Oh, it's and amazing. it was just, like, it was, I know, we were, unicorn. we were losing our minds. There's we're a lot like, of good ones now, though. There's a woman here. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Because my mm-hmm. band itself, there is me and a female front woman singer, and then it's four guys, an anomaly. Um, did you feel like there was any specific point in time that kind of, like, solidified it for you? Like, wow, the music industry, especially for women involved, is competitive. A lot of women kind of stick in, in merch or maybe as an assistant role. And, but there's tons of women who are doing amazing stuff. But I feel like there was only two options for me when I was leaving Red Light. It was like, well, you can either be this guy's assistant or you can keep selling merch on tour. Or, you know, like, the jobs that were getting sent to me in my inbox were mostly the typical, like, what a woman would do if it was a 1950s ad agency, mm-hmm. so. But I, I don't want to be someone's assistant. Like, I'd, I'd like to, like, learn, or even if it's not the biggest job or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot of that kind of shoving that role in your face. Yeah. I feel like um, it definitely shouldn't be like that in music either with women in music i i'm just saying this it's it totally shouldn't be that's so baseline to me yeah and that's just shocking it's interesting i was thinking about this i kind of went backwards like i didn't do anything in the music industry when i was younger i went to school (laughs) i went to flight school to fly airplanes where i was one of the only women in the program Mm -hmm. and it was a nightmare but i was too young at that time to really comprehend what was happening and it was like mm-hmm. you know now I'm like oh you poor like early 20s girl like I wish I could like comfort myself back then because I just didn't even understand that it was sexism that was mm-hmm. happening it's just like there were three women in my program of a hundred people when I started and then after the first year I was the only female left but I didn't think about it as that it was because I was a girl 
But just through time being in the program, I was like, oh my God, this is, it was a nightmare. This is why. And it's, it's an industry that is, again, like very male dominated. And then I went to engineering school, mechanical engineering at CSU here. And so it was, again, the same sort of situation where I, like I graduated from high school in the 90s and this was in like the early 2000s that I'm going to school here and I'm thinking, oh my God, there's so many girls in my program, this is amazing. And it's like out of 100, there was like 15. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like so many because it was more. Playing music now, later, it is so strangely male-dominated mm-hmm. still in this way that I don't sometimes notice. And then I look around me and I'm like, like the time mm-hmm. when we were like, oh my gosh, this is the first time in like 500 shows yeah, that we played. There was one female sound tech and then I've never seen another female sound tech and we've had one female lighting tech. Yeah. And that's so two women in the whole time ever. It's crazy. It's a very male dominated like industry, especially in like the performer aspect of it. But behind the scenes, like I interned for um, the company called Brown Note. I interned there for five months and I, I was going to do it for the whole semester and I left. I couldn't do it anymore because I felt like I was, my opinion and my voice and my learning was being essentially like kind of jeopardized by the fact that it was so male dominated the way I was spoken to and everything it was just like I don't know it's just very interesting to see the different parts of the industry and even just the workforce in general and you know we're, we're getting there but we're not there yet right well, and I yeah. think the important thing now is to choose what kind of woman you want to be in the industry mm-hmm. if we keep mm-hmm. glorifying a certain type of woman in the industry if that stereotype of like sleeping your way to the top for example oh my or, god you know you're you dated someone in the band so that's why you get to do all this or whatever like you, they think we the only way we can get into it is because we did something horrible and it's a, a lot of like glorifying age and looks yep and that is something that is it's painful. I have always wanted to do a study on women and just people and music in general regarding in regards to, you know, um, what really pushes them to, you know, substance abuse, to like actually going insane in a sense. I mean, it's the media, but it's just like being under the microscope and having, you know, people trying to mold you into something that you don't necessarily believe in. And it's not your image as, you know, a woman or as an artist in general um like you have uh you have amy winehouse amy winehouse got pushed it's got pushed over the edge essentially from the media and from her boyfriend and from her family um and it's just it's so interesting to watch and see because music is such a beautiful thing um and but it's so beautiful to the point that um, people do try to abuse it and try to abuse others through it and it's saddening i have a lot of theories about it but I think a lot of times you take these like introverted people who are maybe very good artists but they're not good at like dealing with judgment and it's just like constant judgment from the outside and how do you numb that how do you numb all of these like anxieties and fears how do you make it so it's like it doesn't matter that these people maybe are judging me or are telling me this way I should be or that way I should be it'd be interesting to uh like if we made it somehow mandatory for anyone going on stage to take like a class on how to cope with like difficult, you know, like because yeah. that's what substance abuse is is about is just like you're saying it's coping self mechanisms yeah. most of the time and and people just don't you don't have those built in especially when you start 
getting into the, the sort of unnatural environment that is being placed on stage over and over again in front of people and having your image and your person be um, put into that place. And I think that that was somehow built into the industry. I, I bet there'd be a little bit of a, a difference. For me now, a lot of the time it's just me in a facility with a lot of people over 80 and then like three nurses. And that's my like music scene, which is so not typical. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that gender comes up is, is strange to address because you know, I'm working with people from a, a generation where some of the thinking and the gendered thinking is so ingrained and untouchable almost. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that the people that I'm working with, sometimes there's mental illness, sometimes there's dementia. And being a young female who comes into the setting, I definitely feel out of place and sometimes singled out. And sometimes in ways that feel like, you know, the typical like male gaze kind of I don't know, demeaning. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how to address it always. You know, that's something that I'm still working on because... Especially because you're dealing with um, kind of yeah. a crowd of an older generation. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So um, so it definitely comes up. It comes up still and, and almost in a, in a little bit of a different way. And not to get all silver lining about it, but it's cool sometimes to know that you can bend those people's thoughts a little bit mm -hmm. and that you get to sometimes surprise people by being more of a badass than they think that you're going to be. Being yeah. in a band, like I'm like two women in my band and experiencing the way that we're treated differently from the men in the band by the peop like people at the venues where they're like, this is, like, you don't know how to set up your own instrument. You don't know how to set up anything well, yourself. For you. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. when, when those moments happen and you can, like, see, uh, I don't know, see a reaction and, and see another woman maybe do that on stage, uh, uh, those are really good moments. To remember that, like, we have the power to change people's minds in those positions, so. Yeah, definitely. My friend Molly, she calls it, Molly Obert, you know Molly Obert. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. calls it testing her powers. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And it's this kind of experiment in like, how far can she go and still make a change without a man thinking that she's a crazy B-word? It comes from a place of immense love, mm -hmm. even though that person may have just said something incredibly mm -hmm. offensive and wrong. Oh, and, yeah. and you being tough enough to be like, okay, I'm going to test. Can I change this dude's mind tonight? Um, what is the importance of discussing the role of women within the realm of the music industry? I think opening it up to more people who are coming up after to just be embracing and open and say, like, we're here and this is not a scary place to be. Bjork, who I love so much, she was saying in an interview, she's like, I learned to deal with this and I learned how to deal with it and I learned how to sort of manipulate the people around me to get what I wanted without appearing to be, you know, too bossy. However, I'm realizing that it's incredibly irresponsible of me to not speak up because I'm not supporting the younger women. If I don't address this and say, yes, this is a real thing, yes, this is hard, maybe it shouldn't be this way, then I'm not supporting those coming up after me. And I, I just think that's really beautiful. And that you're not imagining it. Yeah, that I'm not imagining when it. When things are a little bit weird. Yeah. Like, is that I'm like, a real thing? I'm like, okay, so yeah. this is why it's the way it is, mm -hmm. but we can overcome it. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I do think that there are some specific things that come with being a woman in music, but there's like a fine line where you have to talk about women being in music without making it into such a big thing that... Um, we're singling ourselves out in a strange way, right? So, mm -hmm. like, yes, it's important to be like, oh, there's a female drummer, she's so cool, it's awesome. But being able to recognize that and then also just take it for what it's worth and not 
make that person into a like a symbol in a bad way almost or like put that person on a pedestal because, because she's a woman yes. right just trying to it shouldn't to, be weird it should just right, be like exactly. oh there's, Normal. The, there's the sound person yeah, yeah. yeah. right <laughs> the, uh idea of like a uh, sound guy we like changed our language very specifically when we were on tour so that we no longer referred to them as sound guys. It was always a sound person. That's one way in the industry you can make a difference mm -hmm. is convincing all people in your band like, hey, let's use sound person and, you know, monitor yeah. person. Gender neutral like, language. Yeah. Monitor mm -hmm. guy. How many times do you say monitor guy? Like, you, you, like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. that you guys did Yeah. yeah. It was just those yeah, little things funny. that you're like, oh, you know. You'll forever think differently. Yeah. Just even in that short time that you guys changed the way you thought about it. Like, yeah. Every time you see a sound person, you won't say sound guy or whatever. Right. Do you guys have any influences that kind of got you into music in the first place? Um, so far as musical influences, mm -hmm. Bjork. Oh my God, that <laughs> oh, one. That's awesome. She's that's awesome. That's such really a cool. badass. And mm -hmm. she is. I. I love Bjork because she is so graceful and so innovative and she just somehow like always stays one step ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've, she's been one of my longest term ever since like the sugar cubes. I've That's always awesome. loved her so much. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, but I, a lot of the people who I listen to are female artists. Um, Tori Amos was mm -hmm. one when I was younger that mm -hmm. like, I still love her and she just came out with another album. And You're so excited. I am very excited about it. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, they're just like, they feel like these powerhouses in their own way. And it is, um, I don't know. Beyonce is somebody who I am like so floored by. Oh, and yeah. And follow so closely because I feel like she's also one of these like really strong, badass powerhouse women who is just like, this is what I'm making and this yeah. is what I'm creating and this is what I'm saying. Uh, These women that are just like sit down, shut up, and yeah, listen I'm, to me. I am creating Do this me. beautiful thing, and it's out there, and yeah. And I don't so. care. What about you, Joanna? <laughs> For the work that I'm doing right now, I had a, an internship right out of college. I was in the um, Twin Cities in Minneapolis, and um, I got to work at a a facility that had just like a ton of funding for um, music therapy. And so they had like three music therapists on staff, a bunch of interns, and all this financial support to have like amazing music programming and a recording studio in the place for the residents. It was like a specialty center, rehab, and um, nursing home. And it kind of uh, spoiled me for after for thinking that that existed in in like healthcare, <laughs> but it doesn't really most of the time. <laughs> but they were working on it. And anyhow, there were some people there that really, really, really inspired me because they wanted to bring quality music to people in a community. You know, it was totally, totally under the radar. They were amazing musicians themselves and had chosen to um, work together in this specific way that I thought was so neat. So that's sort of what um, this many years later propelled me into how I'm working with music now. For me, it was on the business side. When I was 13, my friend's mother was the uh, a promoter at Fielder's Green. Oh, cool. So okay. one of the very first shows I went to was Offspring and Mighty Mighty Bostones. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. She like, awesome. slapped stickies on us and was like, be back here at the end of the show, right here. And I was like, what? Like, this is my so parents cool. wouldn't even let me. Like, <laughs> My parents weren't really strict, but they like if they had known that I was running around backstage at the Offspring and Mighty Mighty Bostones show at 13, <laughs> they would have been like, um, but, uh, 
the lead singer of the offspring was like getting off the bus like when we walked up and it was like almost like slow motion it was just like all these things were happening and it was like whoa yeah you know when you're 13 too like mtv was all their age for me and it was back when mtv was cool and yes i actually played music (laughs) videos and i was just like whoa i'm like i'm like on an mtv set and i just remember just being like this is so cool and watching her mom like literally like give us the stickies grab a radio some guy came up and gave her like a clipboard and she like took off and I just remember, like, being so amazed at that. And I was like, whoa. Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, what's your mom doing? She's like, I don't know. Let's go this way. And like, <laughs> and then she'd go up to security guards and be like, I want cotton candy. And so we'd, like, flag down the cotton candy people. And, like, she didn't even, you know, she grew up in it. But I was yeah. just like, <laughs> like, just dazed. And, um, I, and I think that. I remember leaving that show and watching, the, well, the tour buses left. And we were waiting for her mom. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the buses drive away. And I was just like really sad for some reason I was like I want to go like that was so cool and I it was a very distinct moment where I was like I either a want to be a rock star or b want to like do what my friend's mom did mm-hmm. my first experience in the industry was see or seeing the industry was with a woman so it kind of made me like see it as like oh cool she does that like I, and I you know I didn't even think about it at 13 like that I couldn't do anything a boy could do or whatever aside yeah. from like boys on the playground pushing you and saying that but like, I didn't think that I couldn't have a job because I was a woman or I couldn't do, you know. So seeing her do that, I think, kind of made me realize, like, that's cool. very cool. Like, yeah. I want to be able to give women the opportunity that I was never given because it wasn't an option. So I, my my dream would, when I, when I have some time between school and MISH and everything, is with the MISH do... Um, a program for young women between like 12 and 15 and the girls follow me around and they kind of get to see like what it's really like in a situation where most parents would never let their young daughter experience a backstage like like what I got to see when I was inspired yeah I've also had that like I never knew what I wanted to do and then just recently have realized I'm like oh my gosh no when I was a small person I spent all of my time on this like little keyboard. It was like a little tiny synth that my grandmother had gave me and I would like write all these little songs oh. and like perform, you know, yeah, to my stuffed animals in the living room. And it was <laughs> and it was like that was the thing that I wanted to do, but it was not I don't know why, but it was put in, you know, probably just culturally, but it was like not possible. Like you nobody does that. Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. wants to do that was also what I thought. So, yeah, I don't know. Artist's way. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's a great book. What to you has made you proud to call yourself a woman involved in the music industry? I think I'm I'm really inspired by women in crew positions, mm-hmm. women on tours. Um, when I see more and more sound engineers or more tour managers or you know the merch girl thing, like you you see more and more intelligent merch design. I think touring is so important and your merch sales are so important to the income of the band that um, a lot of bands are kind of creating this ambiance with their merch. Like if you have the money and the resources and they're kind of almost like a storefront decoration, like they're setting up all these cool displays and shirts and mm-hmm. people are taking it to the next level and kind of understanding it's not just a hot chick slinging t-shirts. Like these women have really great business sales, retail, you know, I'm, I'm not just a cute girl. Like they know what they're doing and respecting that and giving them more money to do their mm. job and giving them more leeway to, to sell merch in a different way. 
I toured with Bonobo for a long time doing merch for them. And That's um, cool. Zoe Martin was their monitor technician. You know, she was this badass woman, and she's one of the best sound women in England. And, you know, she's on tour with all huge bands, and she was just the strongest woman I'd ever met. She kind of showed me, work your butt off, do your job better than anyone you know, do it with passion, and don't ever let anybody push you around. There's, like, certain women who are majors in the industry who are just kind of like out there saying like we're making things change Mm -hmm. we can come on Mm -hmm. ladies let's get in formation like we are making things change yeah and i'm gonna give all of you a hug because that was very powerful thank you so much